You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Alex Dieterer. And I'm Don Guerra. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, March 27th, 2021. This week, we present a four-part WFHB news special where we revisit the stories we've covered over the last year. We selected four areas of reporting, which include homelessness in Bloomington, the coronavirus pandemic, social justice reporting, and environmental stories. In our first installment of this series, we focus on homelessness in Bloomington, particularly on the city's two evictions of encampments at Seminary Park and then a failed city council ordinance to add protections for people experiencing homelessness. All that and more in today's edition of the WFHB Local News, Seminary Park. Overnight on Wednesday, December 10th, the office of the mayor issued an eviction to people experiencing homelessness at Seminary Square Park. WFHB correspondent Aaron Comforty interviewed the director of Beacon Incorporated, Forrest Gilmore, in December 2020 regarding the city's late-night operation. So, Reverend Gilmore, Could you please summarize for us the events that took place on Wednesday night at Seminary Park? Well, sure. I think think there's some important context, which is what happened the day before. But on the actual night of Wednesday, that that evening, uh, police and some social workers came into and caseworkers came into the park to um, warn uh, people in Seminary Park who were sleeping there um, and staying there in their tents that they were going to have to leave within an hour when the park closed at 11. Following that, police did come in. Um, there was public transportation that was there, uh, and people were um, not allowed, permitted to stay. A few, a small number of people left um, with the public transportation. One went to Wheeler uh, Mission, and another two, or I've heard different numbers, two or three went to um, the Stride Center. But the remainder of the people that were there um, went elsewhere. And the office of the mayor coordinated this action, if we can call it that. They put out a press release and and they wrote, Homelessness is an issue that requires the whole community. We always appreciate and welcome ideas. We want to hear from you. Now, that seemed to convey a different sentiment to what the board of directors at your organization, Beacon Inc., wrote when you made a formal statement on the events at Seminary Park. You called it a failure of local democracy. I'm wondering... Why the choice of those words? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing was in relationship to what happened the night before. Um, and the day before, there was a, a Parks Commissioner uh, board meeting. Um, they were proposing, there was a proposal to um, ban uh, tents uh, during the day. It had already been banned, uh, camping it was already banned overnight at the at the parks. And there was just... I mean, it was one of the most astonishing and beautiful things I've ever seen. More than 230 people uh, appeared, came to that meeting, and were present for that meeting to say that they did not want this 
daytime ban, and many also said we should also remove the overnight ban. And every single speaker who spoke um, was against the daytime ban that came out and spoke. So, so it was just an extraordinary response from the community saying, this is not what we want. Many people didn't realize that it was just a daytime ban. Some people did and said, we want the day overnight ban and leave eliminated also. But what was so extraordinary is just how many people came out and and nearly universally spoke out against um, this kind of ban. And so for that to happen on Tuesday, when many people came away feeling such such good-hearted positivity and hope around that response when the Park Board Commissioners voted it down, there was so much hope. And for that to be dashed so readily within, uh, you know, just a little over 24 hours afterwards, was uh, was just heartbreaking for for many many people in the community. Not to mention the people who, uh, especially who were impacted by that that move. On Christmas Eve, 51-year-old James J T Vanderberg died while sleeping at Seminary Park three days after his 51st birthday. In the days that followed, WFHB correspondent Aaron Comforty covered the incident during its December 28th local news brief. On Christmas Eve, a 51-year-old man died from exposure to the cold, according to a press release from the mayor's office. The man was living and sleeping in Seminary Park at the time of his death, which came only days after the mayor's office claimed that people were not sleeping there. However, housing and social service providers refuted the mayor's claim. This is Reverend Gilmore, director of Beacon, Inc. Honestly, it's simply false and quite silly. Um, <laughs> to even consider that as an option. Of course, people are sleeping overnight in our tents. They're sleeping overnight in our parks. They're sleeping overnight every single night in our parks. And yes, they were sleeping in, in our tents. Not maybe every tent was occupied by someone who was sleeping in them, but absolutely there were people sleeping in there um, and in those uh, numerous tents that had been you know, put up. So the idea that people weren't camping there uh, or that we can't call it an an encampment, it doesn't hit the mark here. Um, and honestly, I'm surprised by such such a uh, such an argument. Uh, it, honestly, it's it borders on insulting that argument. The man died near the bench at the corner of Walnut and Second Street, just three blocks from the city's courthouse square. As temperatures dropped below 20 degrees on the eve of the holiday, local residents brought food, clothing, and camping supplies to the park. The mayor's press release noted that although officers checked up on the man on the previous day and offered services to him, he refused them. Jaina Arthur, who is widely recognized as one of Bloomington's most dedicated advocates for unhoused people and is a fierce critic of the city's handling of the issue, described the city's outreach efforts this way. I don't know um, if the town knows, but the Parks Department has been having a table and a tent set up in seminary um, this summer and fall. They've hired several park specialists, they're called. Um, And so these people basically tried to form relationships all summer with people experiencing homelessness in seminary. And what I kind of think has taken place is they have made their notes and they have decided that they do not want to see homelessness and they do not want our community to see homelessness. And the resource officers, the parks department specialists, in my opinion, have not formed the relationships. All they have done is spy on us and make notes. Um, And that's just how I feel about 
those particular institutions that are trying to help. You know, it's a great idea, but it's not being implemented in a way that is beneficial to the people that are being marginalized, and we are a protected class of people. The homelessness crisis has reached a boiling point as multiple factors have made the situation even more dire. Again, Jenna Arthur. I think it's the most cruel and heartless timing, and here's why. Um, Not only are we in a pandemic when one in four adults is already suicidal, um, it's Christmas. Also, the temperature has decreased, so now it's very cold outside, and not to mention we're in the middle of a pandemic, and this is the only place that my family can take off their mask and eat their meal because they are unsafe anywhere else. Like our homes in a pandemic, that's the only place that we can be ourselves and not worry about catching a deadly disease. The B-Square Beacon has since filed a public records request that led to the publishing of body and dash cam footage from a Bloomington police officer who performed two welfare checks on Vanderburg, once on the night of December 23rd and another on the morning of December 23rd, the day Vanderburg was pronounced dead. We have two audio excerpts from each welfare check by the BPD officer. Hey guys, uh, police department. Police department. I just got to make sure you're alive. People are calling on you. I'm good, buddy. You're good. What about your friend here? Can you wake him up for me? I don't just so. Who that is. Okay. Hey. Hey, buddy. Police department. Police department. You alive? I'm just making sure you're okay because people are calling on you. All right. Because they they think that you're hurt or something. But I'm I'm just making sure that you're breathing. You're good, man. Relax. I'm just making sure you're okay. I appreciate it. Stay dry. Thank you. 1638, you can disregard her just sleeping. Hey, bud. Police. Hey, can you wake up for me? Someone called and worried about you. Can I help you with anything? Hey, can you wake up just a little bit so you can talk to me? Then on Thursday, January 14th, the city of Bloomington issued a second eviction to the encampment at Seminary Park. In response, Gilmore announced the opening of a low-barrier winter shelter across from Switchyard Park. During the January 20th edition of the local news, we put together our reporting on the two Seminary Park evictions. Here is that WFHB local news report. Reverend Forrest Gilmore, Executive Director of Beacon, Inc., 
announced the opening of Beacon's Winter Shelter in an interview with WFHB correspondent Aaron Conforti. What prompted Beacon to establish the new shelter and when does it open? Yeah, it was prompted by urgency. Um, we, you know, we we had this significant issue, of course, in our community about Seminary Park and people sleeping there and and trying to deal with the, the city's um, desire to remove them. And so as part of that, we uh, went out, our street outreach team went and did a survey of all the people experiencing uh, homelessness who were sleeping uh, in the parks. And we did a by name list of all the folks that we could count in the um, in seminary. And of those um, people, we interviewed 44 distinct people, um, uh, 39 of whom were sleeping in seminary park or said they were sleeping in seminary park. So that kind of blew us away in terms of um, the need out there. We knew also that there were probably another additional 20 or so people sleeping in camps in other parts of the city. So we're looking at 60 to 65 at least people sleeping outside in camps uh, throughout the city. And that, that number just shocked us. We thought maybe there was 15 to 20 people who were sleeping outside. But when we did that actual name by name survey, we discovered it was so much more and well beyond uh, the shelter capacity of our community. The low barrier shelter will open inside the warehouse across from Switchyard Park on the south side of Bloomington. Gilmore talked about how he hopes to fill the demand of housing for community members experiencing homelessness. We have 49 beds inside, and that's the highest we can go um, and still be in compliance with fire codes. There are some open beds at other shelters, too, and, and hopefully the, the, the combination of those will um, help fill the, the demand that's out there. The new winter shelter opens after the city of Bloomington issued two evictions of people experiencing homelessness at Seminary Park, despite CDC guidelines on homeless encampments, which made clear that encampments should be allowed to stay up so long as the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic continues. The latest eviction by the city came one week before students returned to Indiana University for their second semester. At least 12 police officers were at Seminary Park at 3 p.m. on Thursday. Under police watch, contractors from Centerstone and Wheeler Mission removed campers' belongings. Camp residents and supporters collaborated to move as much as possible to new camping locations. Some campers chose to move their tents off an easement into the center of the park in the hope that they would be able to stay. Campers were ultimately evicted a few minutes before 11 p.m., as members of the Parks Department loaded tents and belongings onto trucks with flatbed trailers. According to reporting by Dave Askins of the B-Square Beacon, quote, officers and park staff got an earful from around two dozen activists as they removed the camping gear, end quote. At around 4 p.m. on Thursday, Harry Collins, co-founder of the Bloomington Homeless Coalition, talked to WFHB about the city's planned eviction of campers at Seminary Square Park. The police just came in and it's telling everybody they have to move today. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to kind of buy these guys a little bit of time where we can get stuff moved. But yeah, right now it's a little hard to do because the police really don't know who's in charge and 
apparently the city don't know who's in charge, so there are several people here that's in different organizations, and we pull together to do what we need to do. They won't tell us anything, they just said they need to get out of here. There is a location over there that we've been trying to move some people to, um, but we can't force anybody to move, so... We've been moving some, we've been moving people that does want to go down there. It is not in jur uh, city jurisdictions, so the city does not have a say-so on that one. And at that point, that's pretty much where that stands. Uh, we started to make sure the homeless has a voice and to get the help we need, not just getting kicked underneath the rug and, and oh, you're, you're you're homeless. We, you can wait. We we got more important thing. No, we're just we're 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 part of this county. We're part of the city. We deserve the same help that a college kid would get, or in any anybody out here that's in a house. We deserve the same respect and same help. Collins was highly critical of the Mayor Hamilton administration in our interview. Here's what he said of the city of Bloomington's decision to evict campers at seminary. Leave us the f alone. I know the police. They're they ha they're getting that. This is their job. That I don't like. They have to do this job, but I can respect the fact that they are doing their job because that's how they get paid. Just like if any if you're working out here in a factory or anything, you got you've got to do your job or you no longer have a job. And I was born and raised in this town, so I. I know quite a few of the police around here, and they know me very well. So I can respect them. I don't like what they're having to do, and a lot of them don't even like what they're having to do. The mayor, which if you look at the signs, it's the mayor's bull that, my opinion, that <clears throat> I will stop my phrase on that one because of the fact that I think, I really think he should just be the out of office. He needs to be the impeached. Put somebody in there that actually knows what the what this city needs, not somebody that's just well taking money and don't give a about nobody. He's turned down. He's turned down it, uh, neighborhoods to put up more expensive houses and letting them do it which is taking more which is going to end up being more of us out here he needs to get the out of office Beacon Inc. has posted on their Facebook page that there has been a groundswell of support from the community to open up the new winter shelter during this pandemic. Forrest Gilmore reflected on the community action taken to open the low barrier shelter in such an urgent time frame. Just to see the, um, the outpouring of support and people coming out um, to, to, to help and to get it open is just uh, remarkable. And it, it's just a testament to how much this community really cares. Um, we recognize uh, that there are so many risks and threats for people, especially, you know, who are sleeping outside and trying to create this safe space um, is just remarkable. 
I think our community gets that um, it's winter and it's in a pandemic and these are particularly dangerous times. And uh, given that danger, um, we need to find a, a, a safe response for people who are, who are uh, sleeping outside. On February 24th, the Bloomington City Council heard an ordinance that would have added protections for people experiencing homelessness. We talked to Forrest Gilmore last month where he said the bill would have simply decriminalized sleeping. I mean, at the core of it is decriminalizing sleeping. Um, we, we currently criminalize sleeping in our community and basically make it illegal to sleep outside. Assistant News Director Sidney Foreman covered the first city council meeting that discussed the ordinance. WFHB anchor Benedict Jones read that report. The Bloomington City Council heard an amendment to the Bloomington Municipal Code regarding protections for people experiencing homelessness. Council member Kate Rosenbarger presented the amendment during their February 24th meeting. Ideally, every person in our community would have safe and accessible housing. Nobody thinks it's ideal for people to sleep outside, especially in the winter. However, the reality is that some people temporarily lack housing and may be unable to go to emergency shelters. The purpose of this ordinance is to answer the question, when a person experiencing homelessness is unable to go to a shelter, where are they legally allowed to sleep? Rosenbarger stated the ordinance was modeled after a 2016 ordinance passed by the Indianapolis City Council. She mentioned the ordinance was drafted with the assistance from people who have lived these experiences. So we have developed the ordinance while in direct consultation with people with lived experiences, so people experiencing homelessness, the Bloomington Homeless Coalition, the sponsor of the Indianapolis Ordinance, city and council staff, and area homelessness service providers. Rosenbarger reported the ordinance would allow city officials to designate areas on public property for camps. She stated the areas must meet three criteria. First, it must be within one mile of organizations that provide free meals at least five days a week. Second, it must allow adequate space for unsheltered people. And third, it must include access to restrooms. Rosenbarger mentioned the city must work to place campsite members into housing, and the camp could not be cleared unless all residents were offered a form of housing. She stated only an emergency would constitute a camp clearing. Parks and Recreation Director Paula McDevitt stated parks are for all community members. The Parks Department makes available to everyone in our community access to parks, trails, programs, services, and natural areas to the whole community and not just one user group at the exclusivity of others. Anyone is welcome in our parks from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. The department events, programs, and public spaces and uses by members of our community are limited time uses with a beginning and an end time in particular spaces in each park thereby making the same spaces open available for others to use when the same spaces are vacated. Allowing camping in any of our parks would take over a space for an extended period of time, of which we don't know, long, how, know how long that would be, 
and thereby not making these spaces available to others to use, or in other words, monopolizing an area to the exclusion of others being able to use the space. McDevitt said the Parks Department does not have the appropriate staff to maintain a campground. City Attorney Philippa, Philippa Guthrie mentioned the ordinance had various legal issues. The city could conceivably be challenged by either individuals who think an emergency declared by the city is invalid or individuals who think the city should have declared an emergency but did not. Section 30A requires that before displacing individuals in camps, the city must provide written notice. It does allow that um, conspicuous posting near the camp would suffice, but it also continues after that to say that all reasonable efforts should still be made to provide individualized notice to campers. Um, we don't know what all reasonable efforts means. That's something that somebody could challenge. Guthrie also mentioned the ordinance does not mention a number of people allowed to be within the campsite. She mentioned this could cause conflict with the state fire code. City Deputy Mayor Mick Renizen stated appropriate time was not given to consider fiscal impacts. Councilmember Steve Volan questioned Police Chief Decoff where someone would go if they cannot sleep at a park. If the park is closed after 11 and it's trespassing to be there after 11, uh, and any place else that a person goes to lie down would be trespassing on private property, there's literally I mean, there's literally no place for anyone to go. I don't, I don't understand like uh, how that, you know, if, I don't know how to, I, I just ask your response to that. There, there's a lot of discretion that police officers use every day. Um, just because someone may be um, sleeping on, on, private property behind a building doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to get arrested. Um, and so uh, the parks are a little bit different situation. There are, there are established hours for the parks um, and being in a park after hours is technically trespassing, which could be enforced um, with a, with a uh, misdemeanor arrest. Community member Dan Combs mentioned progress cannot be made by slowing down for ordinance perfection. Resident Thomas Westgard stated the city must come to some compromise. Director of Beacon Incorporated, Reverend Forrest Gilmore, spoke about the ordinance. This ordinance is not a solution to homelessness. <laughs> it's not in any way a solution to homelessness, and I don't want it to be presented that way or suggested that it, that it is that. Um, what it, this is is, is a, an attempt to decriminalize sleeping outside. And uh, I think why that's so important to understand and so important to really think about is, um, is that that has actually be, been deemed, um, the criminalization of sleeping uh, outside has actually been deemed uh, unconstitutional, a violation of the Eighth Amendment as cruel and unusual punishment. No final decision was made, and the next discussion will be held on March 3rd. Ultimately, the ordinance failed to pass the City Council. Members of the Bloomington Chamber of Commerce came out with a statement opposing the legislation, and after a nine-hour meeting with heated public comment, the ordinance was eventually struck down. During the March 4th broadcast of the local news, WFHB correspondent Catherine Patterson reported on the City Council meeting. 
Yesterday, Bloomington City Council voted down an ordinance that would add protections for those experiencing homelessness in Bloomington. The council meeting lasted almost nine hours going into early Thursday morning, listening to many members of the community testify for and against the ordinance. Ordinance 2106 would have put procedures in place before the city could evict people experiencing homelessness from certain public spaces. It would also have required sufficient housing prior to an eviction, which includes permanent or traditional housing. This would not have included emergency shelters. Kate Rosenbarger, city council member that proposed the ordinance on the 24th of February, says that the way things are currently set up, it is a violation of the Eighth Amendment. Right now, if they can't get into a shelter, they literally have nowhere to legally sleep in the city. There's a Department of Justice brief that was issued under the Obama administration in 2015. It's just talking about it should be uncontroversial that punishing conduct that's universal and unavoidable violates the Eighth Amendment. So sleeping is something everybody has to do. It has to happen at some place, right, sometime. And so the idea that we're saying it can't happen anywhere in the city outside when we don't always have a place to put someone is just not okay, I think. There was some backlash from the Bloomington Chamber of Commerce and members of the city council, saying that the bill encouraged damages to the city and had many economic repercussions. Rosenbarger says that the writers of the ordinance were open to changes. However, those against the bill weren't looking for the same. It's difficult to talk to the people who don't see this as something we need to be doing to ask them for a solution or a tweak to this ordinance, if, if that makes sense. Like, they don't want it, so they're not up for making small changes. Homeless shelters around the greater Bloomington area supported the ordinance, including Executive Director of Beacon, Inc., Forrest Gilmore, who said in an interview with WFHB last week that although the experience of homelessness varies for everyone, they all need support from their community. All of them are dealing with an environment that is incredibly um, difficult uh, and uh, punitive towards people who are who are poor, um, making uh, their lives that much harder. So, so I think it's really important that we do whatever we can to um, to make the experience of poverty uh, less burdensome um, and provide more support to help people get back on their feet in whatever way works and is most appropriate for them. For WFHB, I'm Katherine Patterson. Meanwhile, the Bloomington City Council is discussing new housing developments with 19 townhomes and 104 family apartment units near the warehouse that is currently home to Beacon Inc.'s emergency winter shelter. That is, if the current owner of the building gets city approval for the project. Questions remain about integrating the apartments with the storage company, which uses the front of the building, and about environmental issues regarding drainage and heat islands. The matter is set to be further discussed in future Bloomington City Council meetings. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News, Seminary Park. Today's newscast was produced by Aaron Comforti, Jake Jacobson, 
Catherine Patterson, Kate Young, Benedict Jones, Alex Detterer, Lucinda Larnach, and Sydney Foreman. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Don Guerra. And I'm Alex Dieterer. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you find your podcasts. Subscribe and never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.